Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Leadership Now with me, Dan Pontifract. Today, well, if you like Little Red Wagons, you're in for a treat. Robert Passan, third generation CEO who has reinvigorated his grandfather's business and has embraced innovation and change to elevate the legacy brand synonymous with its, yeah, Little Red Wagons. Robert heads Radio Flyer Inc., founded in 1917. Radio Flyer is an iconic brand that holds a special place in people's hearts because it instantly transports them to a happy time. That's me. That's my childhood. Robert works with a wonderful group of passionate, what he calls flyers, whose mission is to create products that bring smiles to kids of all ages and to create warm memories that last a lifetime. Company sales have grown significantly because of Robert's focus on building a highly committed and creative team. The product line has expanded beyond the iconic Little Red Wagon to include tricycles, scooters, and other ride-ons featuring innovative and beautiful, playful design. Stemming from what we'll get into today, Robert's phenomenal leadership style, phenomenal, Robert has created a culture of highly motivated, creative team members who are passionate and love what they do. Robert, so great to have you not passing by, but uh, sticking around for the next 20, 25 minutes. I want to get really into phenomenal leadership with you. It uh, it sounds so fun, but um, tell us a bit about sort of first of all the background to the company, and uh, let's let's set some context there first for listeners and viewers. Sure. Well, it's great to be with you, Dan. Uh, yeah, I mean, my grandpa started Radio Flyer in 1917. He was an Italian immigrant who came to Chicago when he was only 16 years old. Um, and he came from a family of carpenters. So he had a skill. He knew how to make things out of wood. And he was very motivated to find a better life in America. And so like so many immigrants, he did any work he could find, uh, worked on uh, construction crews and building railroads. And eventually he saved up enough money to rent a small garage on the west side of Chicago, not too far from where I'm sitting right now. And he started making furniture and phonograph cabinets. Um, and eventually he made a wooden wagon to haul tools around. And pretty soon he was selling more wagons than anything else. So like any entrepreneur, he pivoted and uh, went with what was selling. And that's when the, the Liberty Coaster Wagon Company was born. That was his first name for the product, yeah. which led to Radio Flyer uh, in the 20s when he started making them out of steel. And that was enabled him to mass produce wagons. It created this iconic little red wagon that we all know and love. And he chose for the name Radio Flyer. And everyone always says, why is it Radio Flyer? And it's because the radio and the airplane were the two coolest high-tech inventions of the day. It had really nothing to do with the product. But my grandpa was always trying to connect with uh, the cool, innovative technologies of America. That's so amazing. Wow. Well, and just to be honest and transparent, uh, I have had it both as a child and for our children who are now teenagers, we also had one kicking around the house as well. So I guess I'm a two-time customer to the Radio Flyer brand. Um, Thank so, you. <laughs> so, no problem. Yeah. Uh, so phenomenal, F-U-N-O-M-E-N-O-L. Uh, tell us a bit about what that means to you, I suppose, as you've um, you know, taken the reins, obviously, for a while now as CEO and just kind of a bit of insight into why fun and leadership go hand in hand in the way in which you lead. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, when I first started working here in the company, the company was struggling and we were really at a crossroads uh, because the main thing we did 30 years ago was make those uh, little red steel wagons. Um, we hadn't really evolved. We weren't really listening to our customers. Um, and so we had to really figure out what did we want to become? 
And part of our problem was that our culture had become dysfunctional. I mean, we had uh, people here who didn't want to be here. Uh, we had people here who didn't have the skills that were going to take us where we wanted to go. So at a very young age, I got received this gift of being thrown into kind of a crisis. And and the gift was because we could reinvent. We could I could ask those questions like, why do we do it this way? Because things weren't working that well. And through that process of years, I came to learn that in order to create a really great company that's growing and thriving, we have to have a great team. And, and in order to get a great team, I had to figure out what kind of leader I wanted to be. And one of the ways I did that was just tapping into who I am as a person. And I, I'm, I like to laugh a lot. I'm very high energy. And I really appreciate excellence, you know, doing things really, really well. And so I just did my best to try to lead by example and then get others to join me that, you know, believed the same thing and acted the same way. And it really took us years to, to build the kind of culture that we have today. And we came up with the term phenomenal spelled F-U-N because I feel like that really captures this blend of excellence and joy. And it also really connects with our brand and what Radio Flyer means to people because our brand is all about fun and playfulness and you know smiles and people playing outside with the wind in their hair and the sun in their face and all these wonderful images. We wanted to make sure our culture internally matched the experience that we were providing to our customers with our products. So Robert, you brought something up there that I want to delve a little deeper into, and that is you you went from, uh, and again, these are your words, so I'm not suggesting that it's uh, awful, but you went from a dysfunctional culture. So it's almost like dysfunctional. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Nice. See, that's, why I, that's why I run this show. I've got uh, <laughs> some puns of my own. But um, but then you've clearly through the phenomenal leadership kind of become a functional culture and more than that, obviously. So tell us a bit about what it's like, I suppose, to actually transform what is a dysfunctional culture into one where clearly it's creative and innovative and you're coming up with e-bikes and all kinds of stuff. So we, we need to know the journey, what you actually did. Yeah. Well, one of the things we did um, about 20 years ago was we had a company meetings for the first time where we brought everyone together in a room. We had not done company meetings before. And I started asking questions. And I got this advice from one of my coaches and mentors to set to he helped me develop this uh, framework of meetings where Basically, I was trying to draw out of the team, what are the great values that are here? Because a company can't last for you know 70 plus years uh, without those kind of values. And so we had people talk about what was it like your first day here? And these were people who had been here for 30 years or for three months. And, and there were these recurring themes about Radio Flyers, a place where um, people really value quality. We always produce a quality product where people are honest, um, where you can depend on each other. Um, there were some other things that people would say that were not as positive, like averse to change, you know, um, and not really good at communicating across teams. So some things like that. So we started to identify, here's the stuff we want to do more of, all that good stuff. And here's yeah. the stuff we want to do less of. And we were just very open and transparent about it in these in these sessions where we were scribing things on big post-it notes, putting them up on the walls. And that's, that was the initial kind of DNA of our vision, mission, and values, because we had never articulated those before. Yeah. So we really drew those out of the people on the team and the culture that was here. We were really, really naming stuff that was here, not just making it up. 
And that was really the first part of the process was articulating how we want to live here at Radio Fire every day. How do we want to work with each other? Hmm. And from there, like, again, there's examples like many, whether it's Kodak, for example, or BlackBerry, where they had a great culture and then it became dysfunctional and they never really survived, uh, at least sort of their primary products in both Kodak and BlackBerry's examples. So how did you survive? Like, what is it that you, you kind of had to inculcate? So people, I love your tactics, but was it a kind of a mission, vision, value, company, culture redo? And, and how did you get there? Yeah. Well, there was a few things. I mean, first of all, it was over a number of years. This wasn't all at once. And we started, we had to part ways with a lot of people who weren't going to get us where we needed to go. And we tried to do that very humanely, respectfully, generous severance, help people find other jobs. And we did that over the course of of several years. And then we had to bring on the people that were going to get us where we needed to go. Um, and so we got really good at selecting talent and building that kind of talent. And, you know, I got it wrong a lot of times. I mean, before I got the right person to head up our product development team, I hired three people that weren't the right person, you know, so I had a steep learning curve in those days too, because I was new at my job. The other thing that was really important is that I had to work on myself as a leader. So, you know, I, I was the first person in the company to get a 360 feedback, you know, 20 years ago. Um, where I got feedback from everyone around me. And that was an eye opener because I learned things in there that I was doing that weren't that effective. Like one of the things that came out was that, yes, you have a great sense of humor, Robert. Yes, we like to laugh with you. And yes, you sometimes use your sense of humor to shut down discussion, move the conversation along or, you know, and, and you can be sarcastic sometimes. So I really tried to start working on those things. So it was a combination of me working on myself as a leader uh, me building the leadership team by hiring people. Um, and then we started to develop a lot of very specific tactics around designing and building the culture we wanted to become. Okay, so let's let's segue there because there's two topics I want to get into uh, next. And the first is what you refer to as the permission to dream culture, this sort of notion of collaboration. So when you're dealing with a new organizational culture, uh, one that is phenomenal, how do you inculcate that permission to dream culture? Like take us through that journey. Yeah, I mean, for for me, the the underpinning of dreaming is being allowed to fail. And because if if you're scared to fail, it's really hard to dream. So some of the ways that we do that here is that um, we have a a program called Wagon U, which is our learning and development program. That's one of these culture uh, mechanisms that we've developed over time. And I teach a Wagon U class to every new flyer who joins the company. It's called Breakfast with the CWO. We have breakfast. And basically, I tell them a a lot about my failures (laughs) and product failures, people failures, you know, things that I tried and others tried at the company. But it's mostly my failures. And that happens when you first start here at Radio Flyer. And we talk about product failures. That's the, that's the big, the main way we fail here is coming out with products that don't succeed. Um, so we talk about that. We normalize it. We, we say that we are going to try a lot of things. Some of them are going to fail. We know that. We know not everything is going to work. So we use the analogy of planting a lot of seeds. We have to plant a lot of seeds to see what will grow. We don't want to bet the farm on any one seed so that we can have failures and the company can keep thriving. Um, So so we do that a lot. And I think that's one of the most important things about enabling people to dream and try stuff and prototype and throw out wild ideas. 
So you call it, I, I think, free to fail. And so if that free to fail adage is being upheld by people, how do you ensure, I guess, as a culture and even as its CEO, um, that it's not you know taken advantage of, but also that it's respected in a way that others aren't outing people to say, oh, look, you failed seven times this year. Uh, don't you think that's <laughs> a bit too much failure? <laughs> yeah. Well, we talked very specifically about acceptable failure and unacceptable failure. Ah, okay. And acceptable failure is we did everything we could. We worked really hard. We dotted every I, we crossed every T, um, and it's it still didn't work out. Uh, unacceptable failure is, you know, not trying that hard, not showing up, you know, not digging into your research. So if you're kind of half-assing it, that's not going to work. That's unacceptable failure. And I think we also have all of our values articulated as behaviors, how they show up every day. And so when you're getting your performance reviews, we do a mid-year and an end of year, everyone gets, uh, they know if they're meeting on our values as much as they're accomplishing results. And those are equally weighted. So you can't get you can't be an annoying, obnoxious salesperson who goes out and gets the big order, but then treats everybody here like a jerk. You, you, you can't get your bonus. You can't succeed here because it's tied into our performance review, our comp, advancement, everything. What's it? I mean, maybe this is an unfair question, but I'll ask it anyway. So bear with me, Robert. Um, what's it like to be a new employee coming into an organization like yours where it just seems so effusively open? and uh, encouraging of failure when maybe they've come from somewhere that is very rigid, uh, hierarchical even perhaps, and it's sort of, it might seem like a 180. Like how do you help team members adapt to what is a pretty funky, see what he did there, fun, funky culture? <laughs> yeah, well, there's a few ways. I mean, for us, it starts in the very first interview. I mean, and it's our interview process is incredibly open. We say that our interview process is about telling, not selling, because we want to tell people the real deal. This is what you're going to be doing in your job. This is how we work together. Because if you don't like it, if you're, that's not interesting to you, please don't take the job. Right. I send every candidate a letter saying, please don't take this job unless you've done your homework uh. and you feel like this can be the best job you've ever had because life's too short. Don't take this job if you don't think it's going to be the best job you've ever had. And you're not feeling all along the way that it can be a match for your skills, your abilities, your values as a person. So so we do that. Um, the, the feedback we get, though, from new hires always, there's a, a few recurring themes they say. Number one is, I've never been at a place where there's zero politics. There's no BS here. Um, and they also say, I've never been at a place where there's not that guy. And we're like, well, who's that guy? And they're like, the jerk that everybody is wondering, well, how is this person still here? He's been here for 10 years, and it's almost always a he. Um, right. <laughs> There's not that guy here, and and it's very refreshing for people. And I think very quickly, if they if if people want that kind of environment where there is nowhere to hide here. I mean, we're a small team, about a hundred people in Chicago. You know, there's nowhere to hide, and your contributions matter. You can see how your daily work impacts the results of the company and how we deliver our mission. And I think the people who thrive here find that incredibly gratifying, inspiring, and motivating. So a question for you about the uh, the growth and the development of your people. Uh, another institution near uh, down the road from you, of course, is Hamburger U. 
and uh, <laughs> and from McDonald's. And I had the former head of Hamburger U on this show uh, previously. And one of the things that uh, that individual brought up is that there's this perpetual um, requirement for the organization to really double down on the development of its people. Otherwise, you know, they may uh, fly the burger joint, if you will. So for for you and for Wagon U, like what is it in your organization that you're doing to help that growth and the development of your people? Yeah, there's a, there's a few key things. I mean, we do offer all that kind of professional development that you would, would expect from a great company. So, you know, if you're a, an emerging manager, you know, how to coach people, how to give feedback, how to build your team. We do all that. And I think that's really, that's a key ingredient. And I view it as kind of, it's like compensation. You know, we have to have great compensation to keep people. It's like that. But I think the thing that keeps people engaged here and coming back and getting up every morning and giving it their all is that they feel that their work has meaning. And they can see that, you know, while, okay, we know, you know, we're not curing cancer here. That's that's not the level of work we're doing. Uh, but we are making a contribution to society by making products that actually do delight and bring joy to families. They're products that get people, get kids outside and active and using their imaginations. And and we get all these stories and photos back from families. And at every one of our monthly company meetings, it starts with a rolling slideshow of those latest photos that are just snapshots of these beautiful times in families' lives. And so, uh, and then I think the other part of it is th their work is tied to something meaningful, bigger than themselves, but the actual work they're doing is the best work of their lives. You know, our designers are designing products that they they've never designed before because we're always coming up with new products or our graphic designers are building websites and creating videos and doing just this amazing creative work or our operations team and quality team. They're doing the best work of their lives and they're working for managers that they love and respect because we have such a great leadership team. So I think all those elements, you know, come together to make it this great job where people can grow and gain more experience and have a lot of personal and professional success. Well, I must say it sounds fantastic, Robert, to work there. I can keep going all day. You're creating a whole new thesaurus uh, for us here. <laughs> uh, my, my penultimate question really stems off of the point you just made about meaning and a sense of purpose you know, at the organization. And I know um, from some fact-checking and, and sort of doing some background checks on, on you and the organization, like an example being the hero wagon, the mentality of giving back and, and helping out you know, I, I suppose sort of kids and needs, if you will, in hospital environments. So tell us a bit about how purpose and meaning equate to things like the hero wagon and, and a bit more about that. Yeah, I think the hero wagon is a perfect example because uh, for many years we've partnered with the Starlight Foundation and we've donated wagons to them that they deploy to hospitals so that uh, hospitals can use them to transport kids because wagons are more fun, less scary than gurneys and wheelchairs and that kind of stuff. So, but we were just donating regular wagons that were part of our product line. Um, and we we would get these photos from Starlight of kids in the wagons. And, and you know, we would share those as these wonderful stories and families would say, my kid, we were all scared and nervous. It was this really sad time for us when our, our kid was in the hospital, but the wagon was like this bright spot. And so we'd share those stories and every, we all celebrate the stories. And then some of our designers said, you know what, in, in this picture, the hospital has sort of jury rigged this IV pole with like a bungee cord to the back of the wagons. And 
you know, we could design something better than that. And then another designer was like, you know, we could also do this. So they started brainstorming, designing a wagon from the ground up for this use. And so we got Starlight involved. They went to hospitals, they interviewed the staff, and they created this great wagon that we call the Hero Wagon that has all of these hospital-specific features, making it really a delightful product for the hospital staff, because now you can fold it up. You know, Now there's all these features on it for the staff, but it's still a fun wagon for the kids. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just been one of these projects that like checks every one of our boxes, um, and it's just been amazing. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, well, this has been fantastic, uh, all of it. Uh, where where can we find out more about you and obviously the organization? And I'm going to have to dig up some of those old, uh, you know, 45-year-old photos of me with my my little red wagon to send your way. Yes. We love those photos, Dan. So please send that. Um, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. So you can, we I post about what we're doing at the company and leadership stuff. So that's probably the best place to find me. Oh, great. And the company, tell us the where we are website-wise. Yeah, so radioflyer.com. There you go. It makes it quite easy. Uh, I don't think there are any days of the week over there at uh, Radio Flyer. I think they're all fun days, Robert. How about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is like any job where there's stuff, you know, we have to do, like talking to lawyers about things, yeah. <laughs> you know, working on, you know, that aren't the most fun parts of the job, but we know it's all part of our 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 goal and our mission here, which is to bring smiles and create warm memories that last a lifetime. I love that mission. Well, I'll end with this. Uh, one of the things that I do in much of my work, consulting, speaking, what have you, is I truly believe that culture is your competitive advantage. And it would seem to me that you echo that sentiment and through all the great work you've done over the past couple of decades that uh, you've got yourself uh, a high flying organization. <laughs> I love it. I think I completely agree. I think culture is, is almost impossible, if not the most difficult thing to copy too. Fantastic. Well, it's great to uh, meet you. Hopefully we do this again and see you uh, on the Leadership Now program in the future. But for now, uh, appreciate it and uh, best of luck. Thanks so much, Dan. It's been great being with you. All right, Robert. Everyone, that was Robert Passon. Not passing by. He's the chief executive officer of one of the world's most relished brands, Radio Flyer Inc. Thank you, Robert. Thank you.